Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast. I'm your host, LaZero, and I'm bringing you this show that gives way too much information about my my and uh, Wabs' life. And unlike Tim, who's very smart, uh, puts it on the free feed, all right? Tim, needs you need that money, Tim, eh, to... Uh, to get your uh, life information is, is that is that the way or tim actually do you want to always just keep it a secret do you want to be always mystery man um i mean the, that's the it's crazy thing with the the internet um is is a little bit of privacy i think is important the problem is, is that you can't do a ton of privacy uh in the age of the internet it doesn't exist that way well you've succeeded Till now. Um, but, <laughs> Til now. Beyond that, uh, Curse has also joined us. Curse, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so I guess maybe quick things, just quick announcements. Uh, I think we are maybe having a <laughs> uh, what 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 you call a game night on Friday. So uh, yeah, g- uh, join us 7 p.m. Uh, if you are free um in the discord all that stuff we'll just play some games for an hour or so and then and then cursor will take you off maybe usually somewhere far far away with um a few uh adult beverages as they say uh um that maybe may i don't know i, I don't want to put you know anything on cursor but i'm saying that is a possibility you know sometimes the potential for something right is just as exciting as the thing itself um although you know, I listen. I I just had some like twenty trains of thought happen about what I just said there, but I'm going to ignore it. Uh, anyway, uh, the second thing I want to mention real quick uh, was that we potentially have a couple guests lined up in the queue somewhere far away. I've been speaking to some people, and so they're on the horizon. Uh, who they will be and how many there will be is is another thing. But um, at least at least I have. We've, I know Cursor has some conversations going. I know I have some separate conversations going. So um, we'll have hopefully some good guests on in the next couple of weeks. Um, but speaking of, of, you know, we did bring on the guest, um, the, I guess, you know, to call him, he's like, he's like a boulder that just kind of like slightly moves every so often. And then in response to the call, um, always up for it. Uh, the, the new improved, all right, no longer relentless, uh, you know, and, and itching to, to get anywhere. It's now Tim, Tim is here. And Tim, you had a topic uh, that, you know, you, you couldn't wait for the show. You said, you know, we left it in the Q and A, and we haven't answered it long enough. And you just really wanted to dive into it. And I think, I think you actually made some good points, um, because I think Wabs and I talked about, you know, briefly Rocket League being a tier one esport or uh, somewhere along those lines, or, or like what we thought of it. Um, and you very much think it's like, no, we're tier two, and you know, you know, Psyonix and, and uh, Epic Games should be doing better. Is that is that maybe a good intro? And maybe you can explain further your thoughts here. Uh, yeah, and I'm never shy on give. I have opinions on everything. So r- whether I'm right or wrong, I have opinions on everything. So it's fine. <laughs> um, no, okay. So I had two major topics that uh, I had. I had thrown one in the general channel and thrown one in the esports discussion channel. Um, and uh, starting off with the the tier one esport thing because I'm I'm just getting caught up on on shows. So I'm like two weeks behind. So like two weeks ago, you guys talked about um, is you know, essentially, you guys were of the opinion that Rocket League is a tier one e- esport. And it's a question that I had posed um, with that. And literally, like, almost verbatim, the the response that you gave Lazero was like, yeah, it gets 200,000 viewers. It's a tier one e-sport, esport. And then, like, literally one or two sentences later, you're, you're along the lines of, you can't compare it to League of Legends and CSGO and these actual tier one e-sports. Like? <laughs> Uh, but it was like in in my mind it's like that's the point the point is that if you're going to be a a full tier one esport if you're going to take on that mantle of being like and and i mean just tier one from the aspect of is it getting the views is it generating the revenue is it the top of the top not that is it good is the gameplay enjoyable are the pros insane is the skill level great is the community engagement 
decent. Um, not a, none of those things. I think from a viewership and a payout and a revenue generated standpoint, Rocket League has proven it's not there at least yet. I think there's a lot of things they can do to get it there, sure, or at least you know get into kind of into that realm because of the unique gameplay that it is. It has such an opportunity to grow to that point. Um, but when you look at something, and if you just look at the games themselves, not not the specific channels, but if you look at the games themselves, uh, I look at stats on on some of these different things. Um, most watch games on Twitch, and this is off the solinome.com website. I don't know if you guys have been to that one before. I when I just look at peak uh twitch viewership that's one of the first results so um league of legends peaked in the last 365 days according to this peaked at over 3 million peak viewers um csgo somewhere around 2 million peak viewers dota at 1.7 million peak viewers you know um, so i'm just gonna quick quick side by here but like i feel like dota is it's so genius they're like one million dollar tournament model because like dota could be a nothing game but it isn't i don't know if that makes sense i like i know it has complexity in it but it's like it could have been taken over by league of legends in, in some ways right um and they just they just found a way like they their success i mean i guess it shouldn't be too surprising but it is a little surprising to me in some ways how successful that game is despite itself um, or maybe because of itself, maybe because it's I think it's game is the so surprising good. thing with any of those is that like some of these games like League of Legends and Dota is not it, it's not accessible to a casual viewership. You have to have some idea either who the teams or players are and what the heck is happening, because if I was to turn on a League of Legends stream, a League of Legends stream, I wouldn't know anything that's happening other than maybe what broadcasters are telling me that's happening. But I have zero idea what's going on. So it's insane to me that the viewership gets so high for something that takes so much more innate knowledge than something like Rocket League, which is very, very straightforward. Like, okay, you got a ball, you have two goals, and you got six players on the field, and that's it. There's no, you know, there's nothing behind it that you've got to figure out. It's just like that's what's going on. Um, so that's kind of the the surprise to me. Um, so you look at these, right? You look at some of those, again, Dota at 1.7, um, Fortnite. Now, some of these are a little bit different because like Fortnite is is more than just an eSport aspect of things. So it, it's got such a following outside of that. But Valorant, over a million peak viewers. Mm. Um, FIFA, over almost 800,000 peak viewers. Um, FIFA is almost 800. In, in the last 365 days, right? So, so this is, and so that's and that's that, the that's the game category, not the you know whatever specific stream. That's just the game category that I'm putting it in there. Well, that's, um, but that means that okay. Sorry, sorry guys, I'm gonna go make a FIFA pocket. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, no, and Rocket right. League peak viewer in the last 365 days is 262,000. And that, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, and I think. I think that is something that we've maybe in the community have seen is that people do not watch Rocket League Twitch streams the way people watch like regular streams of other games. I think that's just objectively the case, right? That 200,000, I'm sure has to be like, you know, either one of the lands, right? I mean, no, it's uh, I think the peak for the Rocket League channel specifically was at like 204, 205,000 or so. Um, but, I'm, but I'm saying like, like if, if we take, you know, the, the, you know, the peak for league or, or, uh, you know, CSGO, it's like beyond just the mainstream, they probably have a hundred thousand or, or, you know, these, these smaller. Yeah. They're, are, they're beyond their yeah. mainstream, their average viewership for the game itself is probably mm-hmm. over what the rocket league peak is 100%. for the entire category. So, yeah. so that's what I look at when I'm, when I'm looking at something like what I consider tier one, I'm going to say. Okay, those ones that are getting the millions of views, and that's just Twitch. That doesn't count anything for YouTube or any other platforms that people are watching and everything on. Um, the when you look at that from that perspective, yeah, I'm gonna say it, it's not tier one. Now, look, you're in the you're in the top fifty on peak viewership across all of Twitch. So Rocket League's in the top fifty across all of Twitch. All the potential games and stuff that are out there. Um, any category that's potentially out there, um, Rocket League's in the top 50. And so it's like with that kind of in mind, yeah, I'm going to say that it's it's a solid game. It's got a decent viewership in the grand scheme of all of that. 
Um, but considering that 262 this year, 262,000, let's see, this year, if you look at 2020, uh, let's see where it lines up. 2020. Do, 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 do. Oh, I have to. No worries, no worries. Filter I, through. I, all I'll kind of jump on this point while you're while you're looking at that. And I think I think maybe this is just the reality of my um, my own bias. But I think in some ways my definition of of esports is is just stuck in 2010, and that's probably the biggest problem. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where where it's like, you know, I I forget about this, but the esports space has grown so much since that time. Right. Oh, yeah. And and I I you know I maintain that Rocket League isn't a good spot in the sense that there there's a lot worse that could be happening to a game than after six years having you know two hundred thousand people watch your final. There there's a lot more that have fallen off far faster and grown and, and disappeared far faster. Um and and maybe you know maybe it's it's survivability I'm giving way too much credit for in some ways. Um, it's not a fad game, and I think that is a very important factor. However, I think I think you're right because you know I maybe put CS:GO and League a little bit too much in its own category. Like you know, if we were making an, let's just say a, an S to D tier list, um, I would have put you know I would put those in S and maybe maybe put Rocket League in A if I'm gonna be honest. And maybe I just I was just like oh yeah, like any esport above this amount should be you know tier one. But I think I think when you put it the way and i think you make some great points here um you're very you're right right like i, I think just honestly it's like we if it's all i've been waiting 16, for it's all i've been waiting for you to tell me i'm right that's honestly what <laughs> i this, this whole right, you can leave now. <laughs> all right guys i'm no. out i'll see you see you in a few months yeah, i guess a few months it's never <laughs> happened before history has been made no but but i think and and you know you're talking about how those games like people need to have played games like it or those games to really be able to follow the scene and i think that's the the strength of the games themselves right how many people actively play those games themselves um and so you know it's as much as i like how how well our esport is doing um and you know and we need to have the active player base that kind of matches the viewership for the game to continue to grow and actually get more and more viewers i think um because I think it's very hard for a game like to, to for you to follow a, a league or series that you don't play anymore. I'm gonna be honest, I have not watched Overwatch or League of Legends for years, right? Even though I had played those games like a lot past, I, I have not followed any of those those scenes uh, since then. So, um, in, in that sense, like you you kind of have to grow your own player sh- player base and. Um, you know, I, you know, we're talking about the magic, you know, I, I, I joke about the magic five or 10 years where, where all of a sudden this will explode. Right. Um, but we also, you know, and maybe for, for a lot of people, Rocket League will be their base game, right? The game, the game that like, where you know, has, has some nostalgia, has some like core, you know, like, like for me, it's Starcraft, right. Has some core kind of, um, I guess, I guess your soul, your, your soul, you're, you're connected to it in some ways, but, um, the reality is right. You know? Uh, if you want this game to become something that is a monster and continues to grow over time, there needs to be continued growth past this, right? And I think what what Tim's getting at is is I think and I think some of us are getting this feeling, right? Is like we can't wait for a big bump. There needs to be kind of an active participation that actually helps it grow again. Um, and I think maybe that's a crux of of some of the things you wanted to talk about, Tim. Well, it depends on what the big bump. I mean, because I think I think it be I think it could be simultaneous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think UE five on its own isn't going to provide any real bump, like anything significant, right? Not nothing like we saw with free to play or anything like that. I think because if you're not you're not releasing something new to the masses, other than like it's a huge update, which is cool, and you'll get some return players of like, well, let me see what this update's all about. If it's especially if it's marketed as like, oh, my God, the biggest update since free to play, um, then, yeah, you're going to get some return players. But with with Rocket League being what it is, it's not, you know, without going to something like it did with free to play before, you're, you're not going to see the same huge level increase. But I think what you do with that is if you're going to revamp what you consider your esports promotion and marketing to try and grow the esports side of things 
you have to conjoin the two. You have to conjoin the, hey, we're going to release this esports focused thing in conjunction with UE5, and we're going to mesh them together so that we hopefully get a lot of crossover from players returning, new players, and existing players all now paying more attention to the esports side of things that they weren't doing before. Because one of the things that, and this is true across all of esports and huge esports um, benefactors and people that are supporting of esports in general, one of the big things they point out is, oh, well, more people watch Twitch, more people watch this stuff than, you know, continuously than watch traditional sports, watch the NFL, watch um, professional soccer and all, and all these different things. So um, there's a lot of revenue in that viewership. And if Rocket League can capitalize on that, then it's going to grow grow the game so significantly. Um, one of the one of the things that I had mentioned about growing the esport is like there needs to be player profiles. There needs to be something, some sort of effort from Epic and Psionics that makes the casual fan care at all about what is going on in the esports scene. Because I'm, I consider myself a extremely casual fan. Like I'll watch um, for some of the results. Like if it, if I happen to be at my computer and it's on, I'll click it on and I'll watch what's going on. But I'm not gonna seek out any of the information for it, uh, especially since like any of the people that I knew from two years ago are barely even in the scene anymore. Like and for the I, most let, part, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing for me. Let me add to this real quick. I think. Uh... You know, if you think about it, like the fact that most casual fans don't know who Squishy or Garrett G is, right? I would say like Squishy is probably the most, but but even Squishy marketable okay. casual. Even Squishy, I'm gonna be honest. If no one makes an active attempt to seek out things, if Rocket League is just a game they play casually, because there is a lot of people who play this game who have no idea of anything YouTube related. Maybe John Sam mm-hmm. is the only one they watch, right? Uh, and maybe there's a chance there, but um, I think regardless. Um, you know, the fact that in the game, it's not like really apparent who some of these players are, you know, there isn't like some kind of, you know, like even like a minute highlight vid of like, you you log in, right? And this is like, you know, well, that's the- something that like NBA 2K does, like as your game is loading up in NBA 2K, they're playing a little highlight vid. Now, you can't really do that for Rocket League with online gaming. You can't be like, okay, well, we're going to make you watch a minute of highlights while, um, or a, a minute, you know, promo vid while you wait for your game to load because the games don't take that long to load. But if no, you're no, like, you do at the beginning when they when they launch the launch that. App, yeah, you, and you make it, you know, <laughs> something can skip past, but you now have given a, a platform to your your fans, and you know you you know how they have the esports button on um on that page whenever they're live on the on the main menu, they can have something like a player profile button and it's just got their featured player profile for that week. Like yeah, that'd be great. It, it's something um, so easy to do. I, I want to give maybe cursor a chance to jump in here. Cause uh, yeah. I know we've been listening for a bit. Any, any thoughts on either the tier one or, or maybe stuff within the game we can do what either of those topics. Cursor? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, having been someone who's, who's lived through it all like relentless, like yourself, I, I kind of classify, Things like StarCraft, Dota, League, um, Counter-Strike. These are sort of the um, the, the forerunners or the frontliners, uh, I would say, of esports. They're what made esports esports today, right? Like, Here's the difference. <clears throat> StarCraft is a pioneer. The others are still relevant. <laughs> right. Um, and then th- that being said, um, even though <clears throat> the viewership for StarCraft has weaned a bit, um, in uh, in recent years, it's still out there as as a I guess as relentless would put it as a tier one esport. But for me, um, I don't know. I guess it's more of a I like the way you were putting it. Where if we were to rank it through um, like alphabetical order, I consider them S tier. Like it's they you're are gonna be mm-hmm. yeah. You're gonna be very hard pressed to create something new going off of the idea created by another game, right? So it's, it's going to be extremely difficult to surpass the original, right? Um, and I think that 
in that sense, there are a lot of um, games and, and uh, competitive scenes that have come pretty darn close, uh, especially with, I mean, let's look at shooters like Halo and Call of Duty. They've been around for almost two decades now in terms of competitive gaming. Um, and they're still up there as as a to- as top tier esports. Um, even though their viewership isn't as massive, you could arguably consider them tier one esports because every it's in everyone's mouths. Everywhere you go, right. there's plenty of casual players who get interested just enough to understand there is a pro scene, and sometimes they watch it right. And I think small tangent with the growth of um, and the uh, pop up of or like the pop-ups of esports arenas and esports cafes and bars coming around over the last several years, and it's only getting bigger and bigger, we're going to see those numbers climb as well. Um, but to Relentless's point, where we're tracking it purely based on viewership and how well it can hold the interest of the average player or fan, uh, I think there is a lot to be, um, like a lot that's that leaves to be desired, I guess. I'm probably wording that funny, but I agree in the sense that uh, if we look at things like how Rocket League has its um, you know, a little esports button. I agree. We we could have player profiles. We could have, you know, why why do I have to get redirected to some third party viewing site? Why can't you just put a player into the game, right? Like put a live stream right there. That would be so much easier in the day and age where people don't want to go look you up. They'd rather click a URL because it's faster and it it gains interest a little easier from people because there's less effort. Right. And that's kind of like where this Internet generation is going is, oh, it's just too much effort. I don't want to, you know, whatever, whatever. But if you make it easier for them, if you literally put the food on the plate with utensils on the table in front of them, ready to go, they're more than likely to eat the food. Right. Whether or not they think they like it, they'll, they'll at least try it if they're hungry. Right. So you just need to make it that easy for them, because that's the day and age we live in now where people aren't going out being like, oh, what is this? And looking that up. But since we do already have a lot of that infrastructure in place, looking at things like um, Liquipedia, looking at uh, ball chasing, looking at um, you know Twitch, looking at YouTube, there are all these other mediums that people can go to if they are finding themselves more interested in it to gain more information as well as you know just become more versed in the scene to understand like the depth of what's going on and the players and their stories and what's going on. But there's, I, I agree with relentless in this uh, relentless with this in the sense that it's, it's, it's definitely a bit lacking on their part. Um, and who's to say that unreal five is just going to be like the cure all. But I do believe that with a lot of graphical improvements and uh, sort of ability to change and add things to the game a little more easily, we might see things like that come out, which may make it bigger than the free-to-play drop, right? We already saw, I'll I'll use this as a small example, we already saw the fan package uh, for broadcasting released for free, all made entirely on Unreal Engine 5. Before Unreal Engine 5, the engine itself came out free, I think it was last month, um, right before LAN. And before that, this package had come out where it's like, okay, if you run community tournaments, if you host any small tournaments for money within terms of service under Rocket League, yada, yada, you can use this and you can skin the cars any way you want. You can you know, use the whole thing that they use for the RLCS, which is sort of an invitation to you know, help us build the content you want to see. At least that's the way I'm interpreting it. Um, that being said, it's just a taste of what they can do with it. And considering it wasn't released yet, I'm sure they were bound by uh, contractual obligations not to do too much. And maybe they were only allowed so much of the program as early access users. Uh, but who's to say what could happen, honestly? I think I think going forward, we definitely need to entice players by making it easier for them to get involved in the scene if they should choose to, uh, as well as um, maybe... Oh, I don't know. We could probably throw in a database. Look at all the RPGs and MMOs out there where they have little sections for cinematics and story and things that you can read about the game. Why not add something like that for the pro players, right? Essentially taking what Liquipedia has done, but put it into the game. Make it something that you can that you can go through whilst in Rocket League, right? Just make it easier for the casual fan to become absorbed in the scene. That will definitely in my opinion, 
increase our numbers in terms of viewership, but also increase our, our dedicated fans who will come back time and time again. You know, maybe they don't follow a scene for, or they don't follow a season for personal reasons. You know, maybe they have a kid, they move, they, there's a new job, right? There's all these things that can take away from your focus on an esport or, or staying involved in a scene that honestly takes priority, right? No matter how passionate you are about it, but making it easy to get back into as well talking about um, getting returning players back, things like that. It, it's, it'll, I think it'll increase the likelihood of it happening and then increase the numbers of how many people actually do come back, right? If we're, if we're showing them that we've done all these things, if, if I'm psionics, right? If, if we can do all these things, we've come up with all these new ideas, we're putting more power in your hands and we're more um, actively you know, attending to the game, making sure that, you know, updates are going smoothly, that changes are being applied properly, and we're not seeing as many bugs due to an outdated engine that we have a hard time just putting anything through without there being an issue, right? All these things will definitely gain more attention for the game, which is honestly what it needs to be a tier one esport. It's, we need all of these things, right? With all these other games have because they were the ones that did it first. So again, going back to my initial point, it's it's really hard to not call it a tier one esport, but I, I I agree again with Relentless saying like if we're to judge it purely as a sponsor would, we're looking at viewership numbers, we're looking at peak viewership, we're looking at you know fans that come to these events, right? Which is going to be hard going forward. You know, learning how to deal with COVID as a as a society and how well we manage, or you know, speaking of psionics again, how well we manage these LAN events, how many people we allow in. You know, what kind of precautionary measures are we taking to ensure that is a safe and enjoyable experience for all, right? These are all things that I'm sure that are on the forefront of their mind that they're tackling, um, which I think I can say confidently is is kind of their priority right now. If you look at how things have progressed over the last even year or so, sure, the content in the main game has kind of fallen a bit, but they did recently announce that maybe not a, a hard number, but they said a large portion of their team is working on the next step, is working on that Unreal 5 release of Rocket League, right? So to all the haters out there, and I'm going on a tangent, who are like, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, it's getting a little stagnant. Well, at least they're still putting stuff out there and giving you guys things while working on the next big thing. So for those of you who are dedicated fans or those of you who are getting into it and wondering, you know, well, what's next? Well, what's next is we're kind of in a waiting period. So I would bide your time. If you do find yourself getting interested in the game or want to know more, there are plenty of mediums out there to go check out. Um, but just be patient, right? All good things come to those who wait. That's how I see it. So, Well, and, and, and to build off that, right? Like any of my criticisms is not, not from the aspect of like, oh, why isn't, why aren't they evolving the game itself more? My, my criticism from Cyanex and, and Epic is the, is the esports aspect of thing. They're not doing, they're not doing enough to um, evolve that. I think the challenge that even Cyanex got themselves into when they created Rocket League is I don't think they, like if I was to look at it explicitly, I, I don't think they created a game to be a, long-term game as a service i think they realize they can make it into a game as a service um and realize like oh this has longevity to it but i don't know if that was the initial intent and they just kind of like oh we got lightning in the bottle we're gonna work with this um and it's just evolved to what it is i'm not i mean outside of like you know a few seasons here and there having some shoddy rewards i'm not upset at where the game as the game itself stands rocket league is what rocket league is as far as the game goes it's just kind of like it's car soccer like at the end of the day it's car soccer mm -hmm. they've they've tried a few creative things on different game modes uh, but none of it's gonna none of it's gonna get the engagement that the traditional soccer side of things gets so uh, not upset about that it, it all depends on how you want to classify tier one esport though if you want to classify as of is this a game that has sustained viewership and is proving to be successful? Then yeah, sure. Then you can classify as tier one that way. But if you want to say like kind of same thing as the S through D tier type of thing, if you're going to just change it from S, A, B, C, D to one, two, three, four, five, then in that aspect, no, it doesn't hit up to 
it doesn't head up to tier one. So it all depends on how you want to classify it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we just need to be able to figure out who the heck some of these players are. I need to be able to know, you know, one of my complaints was like, I don't know anyone's name and stuff. And I get, you know, there's, there's reasons and stuff why people have online personalities and online gamer tags and all those different especially things. Especially if they're um, younger too, right? Like especially just, if they're younger. Yeah. Um, but we knew, Le- we knew LeBron James name when he was like 15. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to buy all of that. Yeah, um, I see your point. It's, it's, um, you know what? And I think, I think we've got a culture where we just use names. Like no one would buy an eye. Like I don't, you know, I, d- I don't think it is the detriment. It's not like Wikipedia think... doesn't have these players' names yeah, on them. Yeah. Right, like, exactly. And you <laughs> like know the names are out there. Right? Yeah. You know what's actually uh, like information. Can I, can I do a quick sidebar here? But um, <sighs> I guess. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. A sidebar, talk about Starcraft. This is Starcraft. the Cursor Tim show. Like, uh, what are we talking about? No, um, but I was going to say real quick is is um, in Starcraft, actually, in originally in Korea, no one knew the gamer tags for Korean players. It's only when the game... Um, you know, with the lyrics of StarCraft 2 when the game actually became popular um, in the West, right? Because before, so it was very much just like this, okay, South Korea has its own thing, right? But when it became popular in the West, did the, you know, Korean broadcasters actually start using the names, uh, like the like the in-game names. But before then, they'd always just use their, like, full name. Um, and so, like, they were surprised when, you know, uh, the, you know, like, Blizzard, right, at the time, um was was like yo like uh can you guys use you know can you guys use their their in-game names they're like surprised it's like no like all the players in korea are known by their actual names so interesting how that works um and the, you know so there's something to be said as well it's like i i, and I always i'm always curious if, if we could ever have this model like literally be implemented if someone wants to create an esport um is and i don't know if, if tim you've ever heard of it right but like one of the reasons for the original starcraft one boom was the uh, company association with um, called Kespa? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think that's right. Um, did you have you ever heard of that? Where essentially what they did is instead of all these teams being just like random like esports teams or whatever, there's literally companies that set up offices, managers, everything, training, and they just set up the whole system and made this thing really famous and used it as an advertising opportunity as well, right? Um, and you can still see that in League of Legends today, right? Samsung, right? Mm-hmm. Is a name, right? ST uh, ST One Telecom, right? Yep. Like they're all giant Korean com- like Korean company names. So um, I'm just, I'm, it's definitely one of those things. It's like probably because they have that corporate structure, they never thought, oh, let's use the 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 handle. Let's use their. They're like, no, we are professional. We'll use the actual name. So um, I'm just kind of to Tim's point there a little bit about. about Speaking of, uh, you're talking about like. Um companies using the gaming side of things to create the brand and ads advertisements for their brand. Um, did you guys see Ninja switched up his brand a little bit? Like he I switched heard. up his logo and, it, yeah. and the font and everything like that. And mm. he, I mean, pretty much if you look at Twitter, which, you know, is a cesspool in and of itself, but True. is uh, they like it just getting bashed. Ninja's just getting bashed all over um all over Twitter for the it? new logo. Or he just got—he essentially he just put a new company. logo and a new font okay. to uh, to his name, um, and he's just getting bashed for it. And I think Oof. the whole point of the logo was so that it could be less of a gaming logo and more of like I can use this for other things. Right. Um, yeah. He, but, he, well, that's—I mean—that's the one thing you also have to think about as well. It's like you can be a niche and and have three million people. Like, do you want to be niche and have still three million people like know who you are? Or do you want to be like mainstream, but it could it could be less people because of the fact that now well, it could be three million to... people. You still know who you are niche wise, but now you can market yourself and have partnerships that aren't afraid to slap your little yeah, exactly. logo on there because now and now you've got 12 million people at your disposal instead of three. So that, that's the um, goal. anyway, that's the, that's but, the yeah, dream. little side, little side <laughs> tangent. Now, um, the other the other rant that I had in the esports yes, discussion section um, was essentially like my my whole thing of like player longevity and the, and the longevity of players careers and the consistency of um of teams and careers and all of that like how it works within rocket league it, it goes back to my aspect earlier of from a casual fan perspective it's really hard to pay attention when 
players change out so frequently on these teams. And I used BDS as the example because they just essentially replaced one of their players. And it was less than a year ago that BDS was like, oh my God, is this the best team ever? Like, oh my, they're dominating like nobody else. Is this like a whole new era for EU is just going to be dominated by BDS for you know as long as we can imagine it. And now in less than a year, they're having to replace literally a third of their starting lineup. So the longevity aspect of players' careers is comes into question. And then how does fan engagement work with that? So if you look at even some of the largest teams in e- across esports, like Team Liquid, one of the largest teams across esports, haven't they have like three full different rosters in the last year and a half? Like they've been completely wrecked and they're one of the largest right. teams. And you know so what, you, you know what it, you know what it screams of? And, and like, I, I know, and team liquid's been, been a esports thing that's been around forever, but it right. screams of, we are just trying to be in every esport, uh, but we don't really have any long range plans. It, it screams of, I feel like people being like, Oh, rocket league is kind of getting popular. Let's have a team, but not really knowing what to do. That, that's kind of what I think about that specifically. But, However, to your bigger point, And I think, I think this is really, Mm-hmm. Uh, where where it's the crux of it is you can't build history if the history disappears in a year or two. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like in in you know and and like we we talked about this. This was a couple episodes ago, right? But we were talking. I was talking about like you know Turbo, and we'll actually get to Turbo later on player transfers. But you know Turbo, Violent Panda, and and uh, Kate up all not being at LAN, and it's like it it's good to have one of them at least in there, right? Because you all of a sudden have like, oh, there is some weight, there's some some history behind it. But if you constantly have every one or two years all the pros changing essentially, right? Like let's just say your whole scene completely changes every three years. There's no way you're ever gonna have the consistency CSGO has or League of Legends has or what have you. Because at least in those games, players are around long enough, or it feels long enough to be a top pro. Um or even the team specifically, right? Even if the team is swapping out one or two players, let's say like every year or whatever, right? Um, I think the fact that at least like one team has been consistently kind of near the top and there's some kind of, you know, the, 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 it all ties at least in is great, right? But some of these teams, it's like, okay, swap rosters, this roster's gone, this roster's gone. It's like, how do you keep cheering for a team where like the players that you followed the team for the first place just keep disappearing all the time, right? Um, and I, I think it doesn't really have that backbone or that that weight of of history that a lot of other esports might have. And I think I think we're we're gonna keep running to this problem because it doesn't it doesn't look to me right like there has been the 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 person you know who has longevity has become the exception, right? And like I'm I'm take soccer, which which, which, which no, well, which is mm, fair across mm-hmm. across all traditional sports. If you look at the NFL, the average NFL like player time in the NFL is less than three years. And then you've got somebody like Tom Brady doing it for 22 years, right? It's like, okay. Okay. Like, but okay. I think the NFL is very different because I think that the man on your body is quite different. Right. But in most other sports, let's say like you have like a, a solid career. You have to expect around 10 years. All right. Like not, not that you get okay, your body might, whatever, but like on average, I think most players have about a 10 year career in any sport. Um, And that's enough. Like, I can follow a sport for five years, six years, and I will see that same player. Does that make sense? I, I you'll never see that in Rocket League. I feel right, like it. You know, Scrapco is the only guy. He's the only guy. He's the guy tying it all together, isn't he? If um, I may, then, really quick, yeah. I I think it's because they're they're constantly catering to the like the the mass. What's what, what am I? What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, demographic, I guess. Right, is they're they're catering to all these these kids who like that's that's all they do, right? Like n- not taking away from any of the achievements mm-hmm. of any of the young players, but there's that's why I loved um, rival series. That's why I still love CRL to this day. It shows a bit older of a demographic of people, you know, especially if they're like a senior in college, like they're already in their early almost mid twenties, right? And there's there's almost no spotlight on them whatsoever, right? These are all super, super competitive players that instead of getting thrown by the wayside because, oh, well, this 15-year-old's better than you, it's like, but if you gave the same, like, financial backing, training, and chance you give these young kids, like, who's to say that we couldn't change that, right? That we couldn't see it become something more like CSGO, more like COD, more like, you know, League of Legends, where you, it's... It, 
the age range for the talent is actually much, much greater, right? It's just, I think because we're so focused on it being a simplistic game, it's like, we can market this to kids. We can market microtransactions to kids. We can get kids while they're young, because if we're talking about just age, they're going to live longer. So they they have a higher potential. We're going to put in more on the higher potential younger person, because we're going to see a larger return on investment, right? Like it's, it's becoming a money thing at this point, the way I see it. And it's, well, it's not. Of, it's it's, it's okay. it, it, there's there's a few things that are going to impact that. Um, one being the talent development of somebody who's 14, 15, 16 years old. They're going to de- be able to develop significantly faster uh, than somebody who's 22 years old. It's just it's a scientific thing. Like even when I did uh, amateur golf and some of those things, any instructor and trainer that I worked with, they almost preferred teaching. Um, from just an ability standpoint, they preferred teaching somebody who is 14, 13, 14, 15 years old, because the way they're able to absorb and apply information, they can do it so significantly faster than somebody who is a little, even a little bit older, 22, 23 years old. So you have that side of things. You also have from the organization side of things. And this is something I wholeheartedly believe, but unfortunately it, there's another complaint I have along the lines that organizations should always chase the W at the end of the day, you should always be looking at what's going to get me the most wins. Mm. Every, every sport across everything always should be doing that. Some of them do. They they chase money. Yeah. So like, like if you look at major league baseball and you look at like the Florida Marlins and how they've essentially gutted the franchise over and over and over just to chase money rather than like really look at what's going to win them a world series. Sure. Um, but if you look at, you know, the best teams across any major sport, they're always chasing what's going to lead us to the championship. What's going to get us there. And so I believe that both players and orgs should do that. Unfortunately brings me to my next point of, Without the transparency across esports, really, with without us having any kind of indication of what contracts look like, what obligations mm. from orgs are, right. orgs are the ones that are empowered by it right now. Yeah. We don't know any of the background information on on all of these players that got sent down to be subs, which you yeah. guys are going to get into. I know because you guys know. Like I approach all of this from a very casual, very very casual. I'm not hyper engaged in the scene in any kind of way, um, but when all these major players got positioned down as subs on different teams or even on their existing team, then all of a sudden it's like, we don't know what background stuff is going on. How is that player still getting paid? That goes back into the longevity aspect. Like if you get, if you played for a year and you were semi-dominant, let's say you were a top 10 team in your region and you were getting like eighth through 10th throughout that entire time, your pay is abysmal compared to somebody who was top four. Let's like just say the, your BDS. Sorry, real quick. Let's just say your BDS, and you were, you know, you had a, you just like, uh, who who do they just? Uh, sorry, sub about. Uh, I'm trying to remember here. Mark by eight. <clears throat> Mark by eight, right? You're marked by eight, and you leave BDS. Do you think your next contract is going to be for more money? If they're the ones who kicked you out. So I think this is the point I was trying to bring up, right? Uh, to to stay on topic is, um, oh God, I might have to sneeze. Oh no, right, I'm gonna hold it in. I'm gonna hold it in for the podcast. I'm trying. So, um, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I, got it. I, got um, it. <laughs> um, I think I I understand what you're saying, and and I don't disagree with it, but I think we're being blindsided by the fact that uh, we can expect high performance. But we can't expect longevity because they're young, because they don't, most of these kids, let's let's be frank, they're all kids, really. Um, <laughs> they're going to find something new in two years. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's, what's the only ones who have stayed with it are the people with stories, are the squishies, are the Garrett G's, right? Are the, the, the K-Dops, the people who are like adults now, who like some of them, they're, they do content creation and. I guess you could say as they're full time and they compete on the side because of how big they are, right? It's, they, I, I guess when I say that, I mean that they they could step away from competitive gaming and be fine. They 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 could pay their bills every month and live a pretty decent life, right? Whereas most kids getting into it are are just their talent, but they have they have no life experience, they have no background, they have nothing to fall on, which is why to me the scene has always seemed kind of volatile. Is that we're 
we're getting them young because they can learn to be super good really quick and we can make and our money theory. off them while we can. And then we can just go find the next kid who's willing to do that. And to me, that's <laughs> part of the reason why we can't push into that elite tier of esport is we're not, we're not promoting longevity. We're promoting the next best thing for the next year. Right. And that's, that's an issue, right? If you, if you really want longstanding viewership, you want high numbers, big peaks, you, you need to garner interest from the casual fan like Relentless. Well, excuse me, Tim. I keep saying <laughs> Relentless. Uh, um, and you need to give them somebody that's not going to be on a different team every like six months. right? You, you, need to, you need to provide the opportunity for these players to grow without constantly chasing the money. I get it at the end of the day. It is a business. But when we're talking about the growth of the esport, maybe we should start considering like these orgs. These orgs that you know are they're rolling in it. They're sponsored by super big names across the world, right? They're making that money, and I understand they have to make good on their investment, right? They're they're bound by their con, uh, contractual obligations that we don't know about, and they're probably never going to tell us about that stuff, right? But what we can hope is that maybe over time they start to see it with the power they do have, and that they start to look more for a well-rounded competitor as opposed to just the next big thing right because the next big thing is a fad right whereas like growing somebody to the top tier and having them stay and continue to compete in my opinion that's longevity you look, you look at it look at I, I love that we're going back to traditional sports because this is what esports is based off of look at look back at any championship team you could name across any sport right that wins a world championship it's not always done just by, oh, we had the new hot rookie. It's You also had several veterans who had been doing it for years to help guide them, right? Like you have that, you have that sort of like middle ground where we look at teams like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and this might be a poor example, but I'm going to say the new Dignitas this year, right? You have Appjack, Jorius, and Scrubkiller. To go back to what Flash was saying, like, is Scrub the only one to do it? Or, oh my god, Flash. That's what Lazaro was saying. I keep going back to old names, I'm sorry. Um, and well, little I'll be do it. you know, Flash is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be it, Flash like, is currently a pro player now. <laughs> I'll be it, he was, like, the next big thing, but then he stayed with it. So arguably, even though he's still a bit young, he's a veteran amongst his peers and has been to several lands and has won a world championship and is now helping grow two other extremely talented young individuals who are of a certain mind that they want to keep doing this as a career, right? Or at least one of them does from what I understand. Um, but you kind you need that balance. Otherwise we're going to see that, that validity. We're going to see these constant team changes. We're going to lose storyline and the orgs are just going to keep chasing the money to get the money while the money's good. And I don't hold it against them, but it, if that's what we keep doing, we're never going to see the sport grow past where it is, right? Without the help from Psionics to be more inclusive, to get viewers enticed, as well as orgs maybe just biting the bullet once in a while to to grow the next big, like, you know, Tiger Woods or Paul Pierce or Carlton Fisk, right? Or any, any of these big professional traditional sport athletes who had a whole story, who had a career, and albeit they did jump between teams, but they spent maybe a few years or more with each team to grow that that experience that led them to the victories and the achievements that they have today, right? I think we don't see that enough in Rocket League, which kind of sucks as a diehard fan. It really does. Uh, well, that's where I would look for the specific transparency and the, and the transparency I would look for is the same kind of thing that we see like in something like the NFL or Major League Baseball or any of those where if a player signs a contract, you kind of have a, a pretty good idea of what are the terms like as a public, you have an idea of what are the terms of that contract? Like, what is the org obligated to pay that player? What is was the org on the hook for? One of the things sure. that would yeah. do is. It, it would empower other players, right? So like, and I'm just, just going to use flat numbers here. Like, let's say you've got the best players in the world, players that have been around being near the best for a long time. You have somebody like Justin, right? And it's like, okay, Justin gets a $100,000 contract because that because Justin's Justin and he's been around and been successful for as long as he has. Sure. And then you've got somebody who is solid and been around a little bit, but maybe they don't get quite as much um, as as someone like Justin, I don't know enough players to really formulate the names and stuff to go along with it. But let's say you get a solid level player, solid role player um, that's been around for a little bit that maybe isn't 
as good as Justin, but like, okay, that player is getting $50,000 a year and the org's on the hook for that. Like, and they, it's like, okay, they're guaranteed, they're guaranteed that $50,000 this year. Um, because that, that's the contract that they sign with the org. So if the org releases them or puts them as a sub or whatever, the org is still on the hook for that $50,000. And, but then you have another player that comes in, like apparently Jack has kind of catapulted himself to be one of the top tier players in that region. You can be like, okay, well, this is the Patrick, you know, the new Patrick Mahomes of, of these players he's going to generate like he's going to demand a, a 90 to a hundred thousand dollar contract because he's a top echelon player rather than him getting an offer from an org that says $50,000. And he's like, Oh man, I'm 17 years old making $50,000. That's great. Mm. And let me, yeah, let me jump in with you there. If, if I may, like, I, th- I think to that point is well, I, I do agree with the transparency. Cause I, I think that's, I'm not going to name any names. Uh, Cause in case I get this wrong, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouths, but I've seen, um, several top tier influencers and pro players in the scene comment about this specifically being like, you know, warning newer and upcoming competitors and otherwise, you know, make sure you read the fine print, get a lawyer when you go and, and, and doctor these things and get it all signed and squared away. Cause you could be screwing yourself over. Right. I, I totally agree. Like if we, if we don't kind of like show people what's going on, like you look at like NBA and they draft somebody, they're like, Oh, they drafted this rookie out of whatever Duke university for five years at this much money. Right now, you know what that person's getting in for, how long they're going to be on the team, at least at a minimum. Right. And, and even with that, right. Like NFL and NBA draft, like there's, there's player unions that have collectively bargained. Like, okay, if you're a first round draft pick, you get this much money. Like, and there's obligations that these orgs are, uh, that should be held to. And that's the problem, right? Is a lot of these, these like talented people don't know their own worth. They can't, they can't put it into currency, right? Because it's it's such a new. You're 14 years main, old, 15 years old. You have no idea what fifty thousand dollars means for your right, talent. Not even just them, right? generating a hundred million. You're only getting fifty thousand of it. Like not not even just that, right? We look at uh, several other players who were, let's say, between rookie and veteran, right? Who've been in for a couple years, make maybe. Top 16 showings, top 32, right? And you hear stories about it on Twitter all the time and twit longers as to what's going on and they're getting screwed out of money or their org does something awful to them. I mean, let's let's go ahead and, and look at what RBG did as a prime example where this roster got them a seat in RLCS and they dumped the team to put another team in there, right? Like there, there's a lot of shady stuff that still goes on in the esports world as a whole that isn't being brought to light because there's so much power with these orgs, right? I'm saying that we, at some point we need to kind of we need to stop looking at the quick cash and look at the long cash, right? We need to look at the long game. Like if we're if we're gonna keep investing in the next big thing, maybe it's not the next cracked 14 year old. It's the 20 year old who's been playing for a few years, is known in the scene, and and just needs a little bit of help. You know what I mean? Like we could also promote the age range, right? You could. We're, we just found out recently this year. There's like a 70 year old guy who plays rocket league and is higher ranked than all three of us in this podcast <laughs> right now. Right. And he streams. How cool is that? We're changing social norms every day. Right. And I think in order to do that, as far as rocket league esports is concerned, the, like everything we've talked about so far is definitely a must, but we still have to do more past that. We like agreeing with you with the transparency, we need to sort of just open this up and it should be public discussion Right. If we generate discussion, we garner interest. We get more people involved. We need to just kind of do exactly what Psionics used to do before we got bought out by Epic Games and create a roadmap. Right. We need to like lay things out in the order that they th- we think they're going to happen within reasonable terms. Right. We're not asking you to divulge industry secrets, but at the same time, part of the industry secret is keeping it a secret from everybody, which seems kind of counterintuitive because it doesn't really explain where the money's coming from or how a player who might be interested in watching at a young age, who then further down the road wants to become a competitor, like how are they going to get into it? How can they, how can they value themselves? What is their worth? Like what should they be striving for? Right. Like it may also add a bit of motivation as well. Right. Well, and, and I think, I mean, overall, if it's, if it's me, if you're going to talk about like career long, going back to career longevity aspect of things, I, I mean, I've, I've always been on a, we need to make sure that 
that players and stuff are paid. And I know, I know slowly Rocket League's getting to bigger and bigger payouts, yeah. but just the discrepancy between like a first place and uh, a, you know, like a 12th place or a 16th place type it's of finish. Huge. If you look at like, just, just look at the last, the land, right? So essentially the biggest oh, yeah. event in Rocket League in two years, first place G2, $90,000. So each player, you know, if, if there was no cut or anything going any other direction, each player would get $30,000. Um, or you, but you look at a, a team that's placing like in the 13th to 15th range, Renegades, right? That's an Australian team. Yep. Yes. $3,000 payout. Yep. That probably didn't even pay for their tickets. I'm going to be on it. Like yeah, the three, three players and stuff didn't play that. There's no way that even paid for their ability to go to the land. It was super exciting. Sure. And I'm sure the, you know, whoever was in charge of Renegades, whoever owns it is, um, you know, paying, you know, that stuff anyways. But, it's one of those of like there there's just not enough monetary value to be literally one of the top 16 players in the earth, top 16 teams in the world. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, yeah, that's I see what thing. you're saying. I think, yeah. I think with where our league has gone, where there really isn't like a, you know, before when we had a league the you know, franchising style model could work, right. Perhaps. But now with like a turnover of what esports teams are at the top and the bottom, it's like, you, you can't even make a model now where it would be like, okay, if your team is in like the main league, you know, there's a certain amount of, of payout to every player and every team, and you can kind of control that stuff, right? It's very much at this point like, okay, your team does very well, you get this bonus money, but you, you cannot be a player trying to live off, you know, making bonus money. Like that can't be... No, to be a pro, I mean, think about the time obligation, right? If we were to, if you yeah. look at any pro, like any real, like has, is trying to make it a, a full career, they're committing anywhere from what probably five to 10 hours a day, Yep. anywhere Easily. in between yeah. there, depending, Easily. depending upon the day. Yeah. But let's, let's say they're, they're committing their 40 hour work week to rocket league. Like, okay, cool. You committed your 40 hour work week for the last six months to rocket league, $3,000 payout. Here you go. Like, yep. like that's rough, man. That, that is a rough. And, and that's another reason why it's more geared towards younger audiences or geared towards a younger player base in the professional scene is they don't have the same life obligations that somebody who has. Yeah. $3,000 to, to is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. Think that's yeah. $1,000 in your pocket at, at 15 years old is pretty fantastic. Like you're not going to be upset like, about essentially, that. Essentially here is what it is. It's, it's the, you know, some of these payouts are equivalent to essentially, you know, a good amateur league would be, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like this is great if this you're a hobbyist, right? Yeah. Like you're a, you're a full time hobbyist. I sure. used to play darts semi competitively, and yeah. yeah, I got some payouts where it was like some tournaments. Oh, I did two events. I got like third place. I got like three hundred dollars per event. Cool. Not upset about that. I was drunk in Vegas. Like I'm good with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, think, I think I think I think makes a great point here. Yeah, and I, th- I think we'll we'll leave it here. I think just just obviously the cursor and Tim show is starting now. Zero, you're getting pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's how it always seems to be when we talk Rocket League esports. It was me and Isaac. Now it's me and Tim. I, I don't know, man. All right, the big the biggest thing the biggest thing that uh that needs to happen is the transparency. All right, this is where I check out. ASAP Weekly, <laughs> the ASAP Weekly Rocket League podcast. No, um. Yeah. All right, real quick, we're gonna go over some uh, some player transfers because uh, there there have actually been some big ones this last week. Yeah, um, we'll have maybe a breakdown of some of like the top transfers after, but I, I do need to mention these. Um, is Tim actually out? That's the question. We'll see. We'll see if any of these names respond to him. Um, yeah, so, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty checked out. Is uh um is Cookser still playing? I know him. I know that name. Actually, we talked about Cookser last week. Yeah. <laughs> enough he is uh, <laughs> beautiful all right no fairy peak has become officially a substitute and radosin has replaced him on the team yep. vitality there you go yep. yep um the meme lord fisher is now a substitute in prestige esports yep. with uh prestige esports the only reason we're mentioning prestige esport is because they have two canadian players in jay and blaze they also have hockey um, which are all kind of bubble players things uh, players that have been known uh anyway i'm gonna keep uh um Turbo Pulsa has replaced another Canadian player, <laughs> um, Plip, uh, in becoming now the substitute for TM. So Turbo Pulsa is actually pushed out. But he's pushed out by another Canadian player. So there's like a big switch here. Uh, Illusion, the coach, is now the main player. Was this always the plan? Let me know, Cursor. I, I don't know if it was always the plan, man. But like, I, 
This is why I've been screaming for less return, man. Screaming for it. We have so many. Dude, like, he's fighting his time. <laughs> uh, we have, we, I literally asked him in person. He's like, he smiled. He was like, no comment. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, but, like, for real, like, this, is, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, and I'll touch on it very, very briefly. There is a dedicated player base that is a bit older that is still this good, right? And this kind of proves it. He went from them not vibing on phase together and then him coming becoming a coach and now he's like but i still got it and if somebody offers me something i'm gonna go which is clearly what happens and he gets so, put on one of the biggest orgs in the country right so here's the question cursor now uh what is land lucian the worst nickname in rocket league yes no no um, no continuing uh the I was gonna say, you know, what team now is Turbo gonna end up in? Probably getting paid more than other players just for his name value. That's that's the big question. Uh, <laughs> um, ghost. Yeah. So, um, sorry. In, in, <laughs> ghost. Ghost. Yeah. I mean, who has the biggest pockets? That's the question. No, Hawkster actually uh, went to Ghost, so that's that's uh, from Xset. So now we have Ghost, Hawkster, Shock, and Lion Blaze, which ah. I believe. If I'm talking about this week, yeah. Was this not a team that existed very like like two or three years ago, or at least two of them were on the same team? I I'm I'm having some faint you know memories, flashes of memories. Uh, Please remind me. Please let me know. Um, But uh, yeah, I I think that's a big one. Um, I think the fact that Archie is going on loan to Endpoint is pretty big, right? Um, So he is uh, he, he is replacing Seiko. Who who has left endpoint, uh, but Archie, which which I for some time have have kind of touted. This is the first like official loan we've had, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. There's a there's a whole bunch of loans in uh, in other esports. Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and the last the last bit uh, here is I don't want to mention Forky. That's fine. Um, the the <laughs> Plenty of other mis- people are, but uh, he's he's now inactive off of power. Yes. So there you go. No more power, I guess. Before no, he's now joined the Bus Boys. There you go. So more meme names. I mean, the, and this, this is, is why Tim, Tim can't well, he's take, trying to go pro. Take, take, take <laughs> can't take Rocket League seriously because we have teams like the Bus Boys That's or true. Nibble Esports, uh, the latest uh, South African sensation with Mr. Low Rising Eclipse and Christian W. Shout out to you guys, just because oh. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Uh, I think with that we'll give we'll give one last rant to Tim because I think with a show that's essentially you know the Tim Cursor show I think I think Tim having a final rant might be good. Uh, give me a rant about your week in Rocket League, Tim, and then we'll close the show. How about that? <laughs> I mean, my my week in Rocket League um, is is pretty much just living the Champ Two to Champ Three life of um, you know, in, in one game, just because you happen to score like two goals, whether or not they were good goals or not, uh, you're you're considered good. The next game, um, because you only scored one or you didn't score any goals, your your teammate is going to treat you like you belong in gold or whatever it is. Like they're going to just be so aggressively angry at your existence because they didn't win a game. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I should. My life probably, I'd probably be so much happier if I'm I was kidding. just a gold play. Like, I'm so, so unhappy happier. playing Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> like it'd be so much better. But it, I mean that's that's pretty much the the downside to and, and the reason I think you get this even more so now than you did um previously is the the champ two champ three range was a hundred MMR higher. And so now, I mean, you're still getting the people that would be diamond three champ one players, but now they're sitting in the champ two champ three. So they think they've earned something, right? They, they've got a little bit of wing to their champ logo. So I can tell sometimes like I can tell it's like, this is not a bad game. This is like, you are lost on the field. Yeah. Yeah. You and don't so, know what's going so on. So they got a little bit of horns. They got a little bit of wing to their logos. And all of a sudden they start feeling like, you know, they start feeling themselves a little bit and maybe they've won two games today. And they're like, Oh, if I lose a game then I'm just going to lose my mind. And they just go off on their teammate about whatever. And, uh, and so this is, so this is my reminder to everybody out there. If you don't take anything else away from today's show, Take this one piece of advice. <laughs> Rocket League is only toxic if you have chat turned on. Yep. 
Gift chat is turned off. So yep. okay, yeah, zero took it from me, but your homework is turn off all forms of chat in Rocket League and watch how much kinder your games are. Yep. <laughs> Even when they're bumping, demoing all that a hundred percent. Yep. Just turn it off, bro. You will hate uh you'll you'll hate yourself. Uh, less. There you go. If you do, no, that. no, no. I know. I'll never hate myself less. Oh no. Um, you will not. You know what? You will not like. You'll let Rock League actually be like a like a cool down from your day, and not like some some new thing where you're gonna yell. Unless that's what you want. Unless you just want to yell at people, apparently. But you can now yell without. You can yell at an empty monitor, uh, where you yourself are fully in charge of of how mad you get, not by the words of other people. Um, because other people can be creative in there. Actually, they're not really creative. I mean, Rocket League, I think maybe that's the most boring thing. Is like most people aren't very creative with their insults. Um, no. It's, it's like, it's like you know, if, if I was going to put an S tier rank uh, to like a, you know, an F tier, like Rocket League insults are like F tier. You know what I mean? There's no creativity. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are drunk at a bar. You know what I mean? Yelling at someone. You're not, you're not. Wait, you know what? Drunk at a bar yelling at someone is C tier. Okay. So you're even worse <laughs> than that. All right. I think, um, I think, uh, I think it's still live at home too and say it in the, the uh, protection of their basement. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I yeah. think a new Tim and Kyle show is coming out next week. I, Ooh, I, have, uh, I have uh, confirmation from the rabbit man that he uh, is, is up for recording sometime this week or next week so uh-huh. I, I like how transparency I'm, I'm literally what am i what am i i'm his uh you have to go through me in order to get to him and even i'm not you know an oracle enough to to have him descend from his mountain that often all right uh anyway <laughs> from, uh man this is this was a good show uh tim uh i i thank you for being on the show and having some great and valid points um and uh you know cursor thank you for being here and bouncing off of tim i think this was a great discussion at the end there um i felt like the first half you know we had him in the first half it was gonna be just 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 a tim tim and rob tim is right uh, the tim uh, is right right Um, but then you know then we kept going no um anyway i'd like to thank uh all our listeners if you want to support our our show uh the best way you can do that just let someone know about our show best way you can support um but beyond that you can even support monetarily through our patreon uh so thank you all our patrons special shout outs to uh awesomeness see the bass paint old moose clorox Raz, and space bear for your roll call to your patrons y'all are awesome uh, i hope you guys enjoy the pre-show uh where yeah you'll learn more about tim actually you know what tim i think the secret they reveal in pre-show is probably revealed before i just don't remember it anyway uh <laughs> with that we'll end this show thank you all for listening we'll see you next time peace bye bye